0: Hi everyone, I'm Steve Atavado. That is Mary Gamba. This is Lessons in Leadership. Mary, every time we have Roger DeRozan, the great team at Kessler Foundation talking about innovation, science, research, and its connection to leadership, we always find out something new. Mary, why don't you why don't you tee this up for us, Mary?
1: Oh, I would love to tee it up. So we've been working very closely with Roger and the team at the Kessler Foundation and doing just that, talking about research, innovation, and really what that means to leadership, because without innovation, you can't have leadership and vice versa. So it's my honor and privilege to first introduce Roger DeRose. He is president and CEO of the Kessler Foundation. And we also have Dr. Trevor Dyson-Hudson. He's the director of spinal cord injury and regenerative rehabilitation research at Kessler Foundation. Thank you both so much for joining us today,
0: Roger. Did you see how I threw the ball to Mary, and she picked and I it caught up it. Right I keep
1: away. forgetting. I want to get a ball, so then you could kind of like act like you're throwing. I have hockey pucks down here, but no. Uh, yeah, I'm in my basement, yeah. and there's tons of hockey paraphernalia.
0: Yes, Roger. Hi, Steve. Roger. Why Hi, I asked Mary to tee it up, uh, but I'm in big. I'm writing about delegation in this new book, so I'm delegating a lot of things. So I'm going to ask you, as our friend and colleague. And Tesla Foundation has helped us in a big way, not just to support our work and lessons of leadership around research, innovation, science, and leadership, but also, frankly, introducing us to some terrific people. Connect Trevor and his team to what that has to do with leadership. Please, tee it up.
2: Well, thank you, Steve, and thank you, Mary, for allowing us to be here with your viewers again and talking about leadership and research and innovation. You know, I I think this is a prime example of what uh, Trevor is gonna be talking about today as a new area of research for Kessler Foundation and what I hope will become a new standard of care in the whole area of orthopedic uh, and muscular muscular skeletal development. And uh, what we're talking about today is regenerative therapies, regenerative medicine, regenerative uh, rehabilitation, and uh, we've been so fortunate to be funded, you know, uh, by uh, the Dürfner Lieberman Foundation uh, over the last four years to get this up and running. And this is a a, a program where we are actually using uh, adult tissue, which is uh, 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 used through liposuction, where we're harvesting that body fat, those tissues, and creating a a cellular structure that we can re-inject into damaged tissue. Uh, This could be in the neck, it could be in the shoulder, it could be in the neck uh, or the um, uh, the knee, or in the back. And what uh, Trevor will be talking about today is some of the leading research that we're doing in this area, which again, we hope will become a new standard of care and recognized
0: by the insurance industry. um, Talk about learning new things. Roger, stay with us. You were just going to do the introduction, but stay with us because you're running point on this. This is important. Trevor, let me ask you, as Roger set up the work that you and your colleagues are doing, question, beyond the description of what it is and why it's so important, the connection between research, you're a researcher, but One of the things we do in the uh, Kessler Foundation Leadership Academy is we talk about the connection between to be a researcher, you have to be a leader. Someone says, What? No, I'm a researcher. But everyone who's come on this series, I push the issue of leadership. Do you see yourself as a leader? And if so, describe its connection to research, please.
3: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I think what you're trying to do is to be an effective team. You really need to have leadership, and so you're, uh, when you're doing research, you're exploring a topic, an area, you're focusing on it. And so what you're doing is pulling together people or individuals to help advance that research idea, to explore it further. People who are experts in different areas who can help support that goal, that mission, so to speak. Roger, it's interesting, as I'm listening to Trevor, Mary
0: and I have talked about this a lot offline, Someone says, "Well, I'm a great scientist. I'm a great researcher. I should be the leader of our team because I'm the best at that research and science." Uh, problem is, that's not exactly what it means to be the leader of the team of researchers and scientists. It's a different skill set. Roger, help us on this.
2: It, it is, uh, Steve. You know, it's great to be uh, a leading researcher, a thought, a thought leader in that field. But there are so many other skill sets that uh, I think encompass leadership, including, you know, communication, including addressing the hard issues that every manager faces every day, Uh, whether that's uh, performance based or whether it's personality based. But I think it's so uh, we're we're so fortunate to have individuals that uh, are not only great researchers, Steve and Mary, but also I I think from a leadership point of view, great communicators, they've been trained in that area now, and that is key for donor relations. It's key for meetings with uh, the research uh, world, whether they're presenting at conferences, domestic.
0: Roger, sorry, how about for raising money?
2: Raising money is. Put up,
0: Kessler Foundation's website right now? Thank you. About raising money, go ahead, Roger.
2: It it really is important, and that relationship uh, relationship building is so important. It goes beyond just the research questions that our great scientists are asking, but also going after the funding that's that's required to get these programs off the ground, and then allowing our scientists to go after federal grants at the NIH and Department of Defense and other military organizations and other federal agencies as well as
0: state agencies, Steve. You know, Mary, as you jump back in, it's interesting. I'm obsessed about this idea of, oh yeah, you're the best whatever, researcher, scientist. Uh, so you, sh- you must be in a position to be the leader of others. And, and I've often said, well, wait a minute. And I'm joking about the baseball. This is a baseball when I was coaching our son's 10 year old little league team. I always say this, all the names of all the kids are still on there, and then they're like, uh, yeah, we don't need another dad to be a coach. We need an actual coach. And so I was retired at that point, so I have this ball. But why, why am I saying this? Because Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time, greatest Yankees, greatest baseball player. He wanted to lead a team, he wanted to be a manager, and they were like, no, you're a great baseball player, but we don't think you have the skills to lead yourself in his own read about Babe Ruth. Let's just say he's personal. Uh, the way he comported himself wasn't leadership oriented. You can't lead other people. You just hit a lot of home runs. I know that sounds like a weird analogy, but Mary, just being the best in your field doesn't make you a great leader. So. Tee it up for uh, Trevor and keep the conversation going, Mary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to talk a little bit about that, Trevor. We all, and I say we in the non-medical and clinical field, had the luxury in the pandemic of going to a remote setting, working from home. How did you lead throughout the pandemic? As we tape this, we're almost in July of 2022, so we're more than two and a half years into the pandemic. How did you lead and continue to innovate? Because this research could not stop just because the pandemic was here. Talk about your leadership throughout that time.
3: No, I well, I think one of the keys, and I think Steve, um, it comes up when Steve addressed Babe Ruth. I mean, one of the things of being a leader is allowing, being surrounded by a strong team, and allowing those individuals realizing that they can lead too, and feeling comfortable with that. And I'm really lucky that I'm surrounded by a strong team. And so I can allow those individuals and I'm totally comfortable with allowing those individuals to lead when it's appropriate. And I think that's one of an important thing in a leader. Um, And that allowed us to move through the pandemic. I mean, each of us had a goal, we knew what to do. Um, I didn't need to push them. I knew what they needed to do. We just needed to stay in communication and keep moving forward.
1: And that's great. And, and can you talk a little bit about the specific research and advancements that you've been making when it comes down to the spinal cord injury and this regenerative rehabilitation research that you're doing? Talk a little sure. bit about that. We have some B-roll that we're going to be putting up while we're talking about that as well.
3: Sure, sure. So, well, a lot of the my research focuses on the medical complications that happen in people with spinal cord injury, and one of those complications is overuse injuries. You have people, uh, spinal cord injury, use a wheelchair. They're reaching in environments that are designed for able-bodied people, and over time, they develop shoulder overuse injuries. Um, so, one and to lose that function can be devastating to an individual. Um, makes them more dependent on others uh, and really can have a negative impact on them. So regenerative, I like to use the term regenerative rehabilitation, because regenerative medicine focuses on repairing lost or injured tissue, either through promoting self-healing or some cell-based or tissue engineering um, in conditions of injury, disease, or just simply aging. And rehabilitation is using physical or mechanical Um, techniques to promote functional recovery. So regenerative rehabilitation is an integration of those two things and really aligns perfectly with muscle skeletal conditions because you're providing a regenerative treatment or a regenerative intervention and then promoting that continued recovery through rehabilitation. Yeah, Roger, talk
0: about innovation, science, research, and making a difference. You know, uh, Trevor was talking about a great team. And um, we were going to be joined by Dr. Jerry Malanga um, in this segment, the when it was originally scheduled. And as you talk about Rogers, you talk about Dr. Malanga, who um, sadly, tragically um, passed. And we're going to dedicate this show to Dr. Malanga. You'll see that at the end. Talk about him, Roger, and what he added to this great team.
2: Well, you know, Steve and Mary, he was one of the thought leaders in the whole field of regenerative therapies. He uh, was not only a pioneer in the area, he was a crusader and uh, he was a force multiplier. And I say force multiplier because, you know, fellows came from all over the world to work with Jerry in this area. And in fact, uh, the Durfner-Lieberman Foundation funds clinical fellows in Jerry's, in Jerry's um, uh, research center, which is the New Jersey Regenerative Institute. And he was also a visiting scientist with us at Kessler Foundation. So we learned so much. He was the genesis of what really got us into regenerative therapies, regenerative rehabilitation research that Trevor is talking about. And so he will be missed by not only us as colleagues and uh, a great professional, but I think by the, um, the World Medical uh, uh, Organization in terms of what he was contributing to this whole area of regenerative therapy and rehabilitation, Steve. Um, his, uh, his touch and his footprint is gonna be a lasting one. No question about it. Trevor,
3: final words about um, your colleague, Dr. Malenga. A huge loss. I mean, he was a mentor to me when I first started at Kessler 25 years ago. Uh, took me under his wing, so to speak, uh, helping me with my shoulder research, always um, keeping in touch with me when new innovative treatments came along, calling me saying, hey, Trevor, I, you know, I have another thing I'm looking at. Maybe you want to try doing this in people with spinal cord injury. And so it, it's a huge loss. For us,
0: Mary, as you listen to uh, Roger and Trevor talk about Dr. Malanga, what strikes me, and someone might say, well, what the heck again does that have to do with leadership? Mentoring, Mary, coaching, developing others, even though Dr. Malanga passed back, I believe, on May 14th, his legacy lives on in the work and the leadership of others, Mary.
1: It does, and one of the things that I always teach my children who are now 17 and 20, no matter what you do in in your life, no matter what your passion is, leave a legacy, bring others up, don't uh, put others down. Uh, get people who are smart, who are creative thinkers. And it sounds to me, I mean, I did not have the privilege of knowing Dr. Melanga, but it sounds like he's just that type of person who wasn't only thinking about himself and advancing his own education. He was really making a difference in the life of the patients that he was serving and also with his peers and his fellow researchers. And that is just truly um, admirable.
0: It's so funny in a pre- past program, Roger, I, I mentioned this book, The Last Lecture by Randy Posh, who was at Carnegie Mellon. Uh, He was dying of uh, a very serious disease and he gave the last lecture at Carnegie Mellon about living life and making a difference and helping others. And even though Randy passed at a very young age, we talk about Dr. Malanga who was passed, Randy Posh influenced others who continue to work uh, and his legacy lives on. I know it's such a cliche, but it's so true. And I know that's true uh, just by listening to both of you and having a connection to Kessler in terms of what we're saying about Dr. Malanga. Final words, Roger, about the Kessler Leadership Academy, which continues. Uh, you continue to introduce us to some terrific people and stand and deliver our company uh, that does leadership development and communication coaching has been honored to work with some extraordinary researchers, innovators and scientists. Please, Roger, final words on that. Uh, well, thank you, Steve. And uh, you know the work that you've been doing with
2: our team has made us stronger and it's made us better. We've had our very best years in the last five years at Kessler Foundation in terms of research successes. And I think in great part, that's all about leadership and innovation. It's not just having thought leaders, but having uh, individuals that are uh, completely rounded as managers, as leaders, as research thought leaders. And you're helping us with that that part of our mission, Stephen, we greatly appreciate it and look forward to continuing
0: to work with you um, in this area with our team. Kind words, Mary and I and the team at Stand and Deliver appreciate the opportunity. To you, Roger, to you, Trevor, um, to to your team at Kessler Foundation, um, this program is dedicated to Dr. Jerry Malanga, who you just learned a little bit about. Google his name. It goes well beyond what was said in this program. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Trevor. This is Lessons in Leadership. We'll be right back right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, Resourcing the World, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve and Mary are here. I want to thank our friends at Kessler Foundation. Important stuff, Mary.
1: It is. And we always say, we joke and we say, we're not saving lives. And we do a leadership academy there. We do one with physician leaders. And they truly are saving lives every day. And Mm -hmm. it's just truly inspirational to hear not only advancements in medicine, but you can see advancements in leadership, in team building, in coaching and mentoring. They talked about Dr. Malanga, who passed away way too soon, but the impact that he's left on others. And that's what all of us should aspire to do. I always joke and say, when I look back on my life, you know, laying in that bed and knowing that it's my time to transition on, I want to make sure I look back and I'm very proud of not only the person that I became, but also the legacy that I'm leaving behind through my children and grandchildren and hopefully great-grandchildren.
0: Well said. Uh, And and Mary, just so everybody knows how Mary does this when she's She's the executive producer of the series, but also obviously co-anchors it as well. Mary puts together a list of topics you can't really see there. But there's a million topics. Probably to, safer, uh,
1: better, they can't. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh,
0: there's all these topics that Mary puts together that if we have time. Uh, by the way, I have this back support, you know, sorry. <laughs> it's a long day. Uh, I love your
1: props. I, I really do. I, I just think it's fantastic. The things that you pull out during an episode, we should do a show just on that. Like, let's make a deal. Like, do you have a safety pin? Do you what recognize this? That is that eye drops?
0: Yep, eye drops. Nice. Um, I
1: don't have any exciting props. Hold on, how about this? It's a little basketball.
0: Well, but yeah, again, it goes. (laughs) we were talking about Coach K before. So, in all seriousness, Mary, I want to try something. So, one of the topics that Mary said we should talk about that I do want to talk about, and and uh. Keith Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, he's in our leadership library, passed again, we talk about people who pass way too soon. He wrote a wonderful book called Attitude is Everything, and it's in our leadership library. I talk about Keith a lot. So I, this is something I, I want to put on the table. And one of the chapters in Lessons in Leadership, when I wrote that five, six years ago, was that you can't lead others until you learn to lead yourself. And there, Mary's wondering, where the heck is he going with this? And we never talk about what we're going to talk about but this is where I want to put on the table. You can't lead others until you learn to lead yourself. Okay. That's what I was talking about Babe Boosh before. He, he couldn't lead himself. He overate, he drank too much, he partied all the time and hit 714 home runs, but how's he supposed to lead other people if he's supposed to be the role model? So, okay. Mary, do you remember a taping we had a, uh, just a month or so ago at the beginning of the day, and Elvin can appreciate this, our director, Elvin Badger, who I think is directing 14 shows right now as we speak. for. Yeah, you're laughing, Scarlett. you think you freelance is enough? So uh, you ready? I had a crappy attitude in the beginning of the day because I wasn't feeling well. I just wasn't feeling well. And I had a cold and I was like, I have to do these shows and I'm not feeling well. And I had a crappy attitude and it showed at the beginning of the day, right, Mary?
1: It sure did, yes.
0: Thanks for agreeing so quickly. So it. Elvin came on and Elvin, all he said was, Steve, come on, remember, smile. And I was so angry that Elvin said that. Like, I know I'm supposed to smile. And when, I'm, when, I'm, when I have to smile when the camera's on, I'll smile. But don't tell me to smile right now. Which, what did that do? Talk about leading yourself. People are wondering, what's he talking about? What did that do to 20 people who are on remote all over the place? Producers, technical production people, you, everyone. What did that do to the, that part of the day?
1: Yeah, it sets the tone, right? So the way that you start your day, the way that you start a meeting, the way that you start a taping will set the tone for the rest of the day. And if you make that decision, a conscious decision, either you're so sick that you can't go on with the taping, or if you show up, you need to show up not only in body, but also in spirit, in attitude. Every single day I wake up, I turn the alarm off and I say, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to be productive. Every single day, I've been saying it for five years and I think my husband gets mad because he thinks I'm too productive in the house and I'm always doing different things, but it's that doing it with a positive attitude because there was a time that my husband also used to say to me you don't have to get crazy to be productive and I would I would get all angry and I would huff and I would puff and he's like "Then why are you being productive if you don't even enjoy it. So going back to that tape day, yes, Elvin and I literally started, we're like, all right, come on, Steve, we've got this, because (laughs) we are there to coach and to train, and and you would do the same for me. I mean, not that I'm ever in a bad mood. Uh, You were cranky
0: with me yesterday on the phone, but you're going to say it was because you didn't like what I was saying. Oh, no, 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 no. no.
1: I I definitely have my moments. but Okay,
0: just making sure.
1: Oh, a 1,000%. you are not Mary
0: Poppins. Uh,
1: I I am not Mary Poppins. Definitely not. What I mean
0: by that is smiling, happy all the time.
1: Yeah, and when things go wrong, I'll often try to take control, spin it, reframe it, and put it in a context because you want to know what stuff's going to happen. Things are gonna go wrong. You're gonna yep. have expectations of how things are gonna work out and they're not gonna go the way that they, you know, that you intended them to go. Or you're
0: gonna feel so, crappy and you have a bad attitude. Elvin, yeah. Elvin's not gonna to wanna to come on, but I remember I PS. I I tried to switch it up pretty quickly after that. And you that. did I don't to your credit, did. you did,
1: definitely. I don't know if I did. did. But
0: I also remember calling Elvin later that night saying, Elvin, all you were trying to do is get me out of a funky mood. I had no right to be that way. My bad, I own it and Elvin, of course, is always gracious and positive. Elvin, um, whether you want to come on or not is your business, but question, you're the director, you're leading things, not just behind the scenes, but making everything happen. What pressure does it put on you when you know that either I or anyone else you're working with on camera is coming in with a crappy attitude and you know it's affecting everything. It's like you're, I was literally contaminating the production. Go ahead, Elvin.
4: So Steve, whenever you're not happy, it makes us all unhappy. <laughs> I love- <laughs> I just have to be honest. This, Steve. this like, has to be the best like,
1: episode of Lessons in Leadership ever. Like
4: my, my, my main job is to try to keep you happy because if you're calm, the whole crew is calm. I don't have to worry about Mary. I don't have to worry about Frank, Scarlin, but we have to make sure that you are calm because when you start to get agitated upset, it, it puts everyone into a bad mood. And the last thing we need is a, a, a crew that is upset.
0: So so to that end, because it now just sounds like I'm a big baby who's
4: cranky. You're not, you're, you're not a big baby. No, you, no, you but there, you have moments and as and we all do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with demanding excellence. It's just about the way how you communicate to your crew sometimes when you're under pressure, because a great leader always stays calm. You never want your crew to see you upset.
0: You know who told me that? Who? He's talking about war. I'm talking about a production. Exactly. So, so to, to your point, we've talked about this so many times with Alvin, and Frank's in there somewhere. And, and I was going to say does... you should
4: bring Frank in because Frank work, works for me a lot, in person Frank as in. well as on, on Zoom. And whenever I'm frustrated, I do my best not to take it out on the crew. And if I'm lying, Frank, you can say I'm lying, but I try my best to stay calm whenever we have issues. Okay,
0: Okay. yeah, yeah. make it about you, Alvin. That's great, so, uh <laughs> how great you are. So, so Frank and I have been together for literally 30 years, uh, working in all kinds of situations. But also I've never seen, in all seriousness, I have not seen Frank lose his stuff. Maybe he does privately. How do you stay frank in all seriousness? Like, you know.
5: Well, I mean, in order order to do the job when things start to go wrong, if you quote unquote panic, what happens then is you're not able to recover and you probably won't recover until the end of the day. So that means more mistakes are gonna be made and that really kind of hurts the production. It hurts you as the person making the mistakes. And um, it, it could be costly. I mean, we work, we work in a very expensive industry, so that, that's of issue. And um, so staying calm, because I have people working under me when we're in the studio, uh, are, could be anywhere from one to five audio assistants. Right. Those people, if they see me panic, then they will panic because in most cases, because I'm the A1, I know more than them. um, And they look to me for information to get us out of what's going on on the floor while I'm in the control room mixing.
0: Mary, it's interesting. Frank talks about uh, there's an economic impact, but there's a human impact. And I've said this before, and I'm not trying to turn this into a therapy session for me. And I I see we have 90 seconds, Elvin. He's actually directing the show while he's, while on, he's
1: on the air. I love it. On that is pure professionalism.
0: Mary, there's a human cost. When you act like a jerk, when you don't handle things well, there's a human cost, meaning people ask themselves, and we've lost a couple of people, and I'm sure I've contributed to to that on some level. Like, I don't want to be in an environment like that. That's I don't want to say toxic because it makes you feel crappy when you say that but it's not a healthy environment. Minute left. It's to have not, married. but
1: I was just going to say part of learning and leadership and you have done a tremendous turnaround. I mean, we have worked together for 22 years and- Hold on one
0: second. I just pulled a muscle patting myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's still work for all of us. There's still room to grow. And no, but honestly, and once you realize, and I always say to you, I'm like, if you don't get that way, you don't have to apologize later. So instead, take a deep breath, think, count, it's that five second, five, four, three, two, one. Reset because whatever you're getting that uh crazy about probably isn't that big of a deal, and it'll move on quicker if you just stay a little bit more calm.
0: But last another ten seconds, I want to say this: one of the things about leadership that I've learned, don't practice it all the time, is you have to make a decision as you're going into the thing, no matter what happens, I'm going to deal with it, be positive, whatever it is. But if you don't tell yourself that, you can get caught up in the moment. I have too many times, and now. You're acting, what? And then you're apologizing later. Mary's right. So that's it. Who do I uh, send, who do I pay for this therapy session on Lessons in Leadership? (laughs) I'm not sure if it's Elvin, Frank, Mary, Scarlin over here. And again, I apologize to everyone for being a lot less than perfect that day. Scarlin, I see you smiling, I know, behind the camera. Lessons in Leadership, a great team. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, Resourcing the World, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Atabato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.